0: Young women have been growing up with an indoctrination of what womanhood is and what it should be. They've been taught everything that is in direct opposition to the Word of God. Young women who want to be different from the world are rare, but they are real. On this rare but real podcast, Audrey Brogy will often be joined by her daughter, Grace Anna, and her daughters-in-law, Maureen, Kesset, and Marilyn, who desire to be discerning in a day when everything seems to go against God's design. Join them in the journey of becoming rare but real. It takes courage and conviction. And now, Audrey Broglie. Okay, let's get started. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has prepared her food. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her maidens. She calls from the tops of the heights of the city. Whoever is naive, let him turn in here. To him who lacks understanding, she says, Come, eat of my food and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake your folly and live and proceed in the way of understanding. Give instruction, verse 9, Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase his learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. I'm going to repeat that verse. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Father, I thank you for our gathering today. I thank you for every woman that has already walked into this room and those who will be walking in and those who will be tuning in to hear what your word says about wisdom. Father, I thank you for these, um, m- these lessons that I have needed so terribly in my own life, and I am so grateful for your instruction and your rebuke and your counsel and your wisdom and all the things that you have been um, helping me with, I'm so thankful for the truth of your word. I'm thank you. I thank you that it is everlasting, and I thank you that you are faithful to every single generation. So, Father, I pray that you would be with us in this next hour. That you would help me as I share this message with these women and that we would take it to heart and we would not only know it, we would not only understand it, but we would apply it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today is part three of Wisdom Calls, and we're going to study today how the wise woman Calls us to build our homes. Now we've seen from Proverbs 9 that she's done that, but, she, but we are supposed to do that. The foolish woman also calls, we've learned that, she calls for us to tear down our homes and to do it with our own hands. That's what Proverbs 14.1 says. Although she doesn't say, her invitation doesn't say, listen to me and you can tear down your home. No, she doesn't say it like that. She tries to sound just like the woman of wisdom. But Proverbs 14 verse 1 says this, the wise woman builds her house, but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. And this verse, just like everything that we've studied in Proverbs chapter 9, is a contrast of two different women. A wise woman builds in contrast to the foolish woman who tears down. Both women are purposeful. But for our purposes today, we are going to focus on how a wise woman builds. Now in Proverbs chapter 24, verses 3 to 4, the scripture says this, By wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established, and by knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches." What you find there are three building blocks, and you probably noticed the building blocks right here on the podium that Claudia, my friend, uh, helped me. Well, actually, she did it. I just told her what I wanted, <laughs> but uh, but I don't know. I just thought that, that would be a good visual for us because these building blocks emerge from these verses that I just read, but they are repeated over and over and over and over in the book of proverbs. And now that I've told you that, when you read the book of proverbs, it's going to jump out at you every single time you read. Out. There it is again. There it is again. There it is again. That's what we see. Now, I'm going to go ahead and give you the three things for your outline. You can write these words in, and then as we move through the message, you can fill it in however you would like. Point number 1 on your outline is wisdom. By wisdom a house is built. Point number two is understanding. By understanding, it is established. Point number three, knowledge. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. They're overflowing with these things, and they're overflowing with things that last forever. We often think about the way we uh, decorate our rooms, the, the tables we put in, the furniture, and all that kind of stuff. But here, it's just talking about the things that last forever, the memories that are made there, you know, a happy home that's filled with the Word of God, relationships that are built there and that's your outline. So as we move through, you again fill in as needed. And you might think of it this way, built, built by wisdom. Number two, established by understanding. Number three, rooms are filled by knowledge. That's what the passage tells us. And again, All throughout Proverbs, you find these building blocks. Now, I'm going to take you to some passages, and I would encourage you to write them down. So many of these, you just should memorize. In fact, if you haven't already memorized Proverbs 9, maybe you'll get that under your belt as well. But Proverbs 1, verses 2 to 7, and listen to these three words. Listen to all of it, but but pay attention to these words. To know wisdom and instruction to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth knowledge and discretion, a wise man will hear and increase in learning." We just read that, we've seen it all the time in Proverbs chapter nine. And a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. What we see is a man who really wants to grow in his understanding, he's going to get his counsel from those who are wiser than he is. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then in Proverbs 2, verses 2 to 7, and as I read, think about the active verbs in this passage. Make your ear attentive to wisdom. There it is, make Make your ear attentive to wisdom. Because many times our ears just want to listen to all kinds of crazy stuff. He's saying, make, make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. Direct it in that way. And then he says, if you, for if you cry for discernment, there it is again, very active. Do you cry for discernment? He said, if you do then he says lift up your voice for understanding if you seek her if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures because the, the imagery is so clear there if we knew there was a treasure hidden somewhere we'd be searching like crazy for it. If someone said, oh there's a thousand dollars hidden in your house and it's hidden somewhere really you know but it's there I promise you it's there we would be turning over everything to find the thousand dollars says, search for it for, as for hidden treasures. Then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk in integrity. We could spend the rest of our time just walking through those verses because they're so rich with so much that we need to understand. But these verses immediately make me think of James chapter 1 verse 5 when he tells us, but if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. We just see from Proverbs that if we incline our hearts that way for understanding, we make our ear attentive to wisdom. If we cry for discernment, if we lift our voice, I want to understand this, Lord. Please help me with this. I want to discern what your will. I want to discern what you're saying. I want to know. And the is is, it says, for the Lord gives wisdom. For for, From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. It's found with him. It's not found with all the things and the the people that we seek. It's found in his word. And he says, he stores it up for the upright. And that's exactly what James is talking about when he says, hey, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. He gives wisdom to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. The question for us is this. Do we seek? Do we make our ears attentive? Do we incline our hearts? Do we cry for? Do we lift our voices? Do we search? Do we ask? Do we even want God's wisdom? Proverbs 3 verses 19 and 20 says this, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth, by understanding, hear the words again, by wisdom founded the earth, by understanding he established the heavens, by his knowledge the deeps were broken up and the skies drip with dew. My son, let them not banish from your sight, keep sound wisdom and discretion so they will be life to your soul and adornment to your neck, Proverbs 9 verse 10. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. God reminds us, He tells us, that wisdom, knowledge, and understanding are the building blocks on which to build our houses. And the result, we already read it, our homes down to the very rooms in our homes will be filled with our precious and pleasant riches. You know, when I think about the rooms in my childhood home, I remember certain things about them. I remember my parents' bedroom where I would go if I woke up afraid in the night. To me, it was like a place of safety. Nothing could get you in there, could get you in my room and in my bed. I shared a bed with my sister. She wasn't much protection in my little girl head. But my parents' room, that was safety. I remember the living room where I would go when I wanted to be alone. And sometimes I was forced to go in there to be alone because I had been disobedient. And they needed to, my parents needed to isolate me. But it was a place of serenity for me. It was a place where it became peaceful. It was like out of the noise, out of the chaos, because that was the room in our home growing up that you didn't go in there unless it was Sunday, unless you were visiting with some some people who came over to your house. It was always clean. It was always just perfect for little girls who were disobedient, needed to be isolated. (laughs) And then I remember the kitchen, you know, where our family gathered for meals. And it was this place of satisfaction, of warmth, of lots of laughter, lots of chaos, lots of, hey, I wanted that piece of chicken. But let's look at each of these building blocks individually. Wisdom, applying knowledge correctly. I mean, that's what wisdom is. When, when you have wisdom, you can have a lot of knowledge, but wisdom helps you apply the knowledge that you have correctly in your life. And in the Old Testament, sometimes it's related to the word skill, used as a skill, expertise in something. Biblically, wisdom is shown in a person who knows how to apply the Bible to life. They don't just know the Bible, but they know how to take what's in the Bible and apply it in their everyday lives. That is wisdom. And that's what you find all throughout the book of Proverbs is instruction on how to apply God's Word to everyday life. Then there's understanding, and that means to discern, to, to, I mean, understanding seems so straightforward for us. It's, oh yeah, I understand, I get it. But it's kind of like, you could think of it kind of like just basic know-how, common sense. I discern, I understand. Oh, I understand now. There's the facts, and that's what knowledge is. That's the next building block, knowledge, facts. It's the information. It's knowing things. And so, you, again, you can kind of think of it this way. Um, block one, knowledge. We have to know what the Bible says. We have to know it. Block number two, understanding. We have to understand what the Bible says. And that's where, so that's why sometimes we need teachers who can explain it to us. People who have studied Greek, Hebrew, who know it was written to a certain audience and what it means for us so we can understand it. So, there's knowledge. I got to know what it says. Then there's understanding. I need to understand what it says. And then block number three is wisdom. I have to apply what I know and what I understand and I have to apply with skill what the Bible actually says. And so these three building blocks work together. Knowledge, once again, I know what the Bible says. Understanding, I see how the Bible says it works. I understand it. And then wisdom, I want to apply God's word. Oh, suddenly I know how to apply that in this situation because I've learned God's word and I've, I've inclined my heart to understand God's word. And now I ask him for wisdom and he gives me wisdom as to how to apply it in my life. Everyday life. Basically, you could boil it down to obeying what you know. Obey what you know. Obey what you know. You don't know everything. You know some things, but obey what you know. And then God continues to show you. He just continues to show you for that's who he is. So again, we have to ask ourselves, do we really want to know what the Bible says? And if we do, why aren't we learning it more? Why aren't we studying it more? Why are we watching stuff on TV more than we're reading the Word of God and understanding it? Do we really want to understand what God's Word says? Because if I understand it, oh man, then I might have to obey it. And I don't really want to obey that section because I don't like it. It goes against what I want to do. But that's where wisdom comes in. Lord, I need your wisdom. I need to know how to apply it. And I not, not, not only need the wisdom to apply it, I need the uh, incline my heart, make my ear attentive, help me obey your word. Again, let's look at Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you. I mean, do you see just two things there? Again, active. Receive the words. That's like, I'm opening my heart. I want to receive what you're saying. I'm not sitting there like this. Well, I don't want to hear that. No, I want to receive what you're saying. And then treasure my commandments within you. Think about the things you treasure. What's like super important to you that you just guard with your whole heart? God wants us to treasure his commandments within us. And again, make your ear attentive to wisdom. There's that command again. Incline your heart to understanding. There it is again. For if you cry for discernment, lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, what is the result? We've already read it in verse 5. Then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. So the question becomes, do we really want that? Do we want to discern the fear of the Lord? Do we want to discover the knowledge of God? It shows up in our habits. It shows up in how we spend our time and we, we do what we really want to do. So do we really want to know the word of God? And then the passage continues once again. The result, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk in integrity. Don't you need a shield today from all of the stuff that we're facing in our world? God says he is that shield. He's a shield to us. He guards the path of justice, and He preserves the way of His godly ones. Now, that's who God is, but listen to the results for you and me. Verse 9 says, Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity in every good course, for wisdom will enter your heart. You could put that in all capital letters. Circle it. Wisdom will enter your heart. Knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you. Understanding will watch over you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things. And oh my. How much we need to be delivered from all the perversion around us today, from all the people out there who are speaking perverse things, wicked things, horrible things, and wanting you to dull your senses so little by little by little you just accept it and think it's okay. And then, and then the people who actually speak out against it, they're the haters. They're the ones who don't like people. That's where we are today. And then verse 13 says, from those who leave the paths of uprightness. You know, it says, to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. Now, what does that remind you of? I mean, it should remind you of Proverbs chapter 9. Remember the woman of folly in her call? She's calling out to those who are making their paths straight. That's what the scripture says. That's what she's doing. She wants them to leave the path of uprightness. And the next verse says, okay, for those who leave the path of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who delight in doing evil and rejoice in the perversity of evil. I mean, if those are not words for the day we're living in delighting in doing evil, posting all about it, saying it's wonderful, it's awesome. And they rejoice in the perversity of the evil. I mean, y'all, and this is even in, in the name of the church. People who claim to be Christians are rejoicing in this, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. That's the way God describes them. Look, wisdom and knowledge and understanding only come from the Lord, and He will give it to us if we really want it. And once again, I'll ask you again, how much time do we spend seeking His treasure, His words, His discernment, as compared to how much time we scroll and watch and listen to the voices of those who have left the path of uprightness? I mean, y'all think about it. Just think about what God's word says. And sometimes if you think about it and you really want wisdom in your life, God will be very specific in your life. He will put something right now on your heart that you just need to turn away from. He, He does that. That's how he works. He uses his word to point out specifically areas that he wants to take out of our lives so that we will grow and be more like him. So often, we just don't really want him to do that, though. But here's the thing. We have to decide. What do we really want? Now, let me ask some other questions. What do your children see in you? I mean, what do our children see in us? If they were asked a question like, what's the most important thing in your mom's life? Or maybe you're not, you know, a mother, Maybe you're a daughter growing up in the home, and, you're, and someone asks your parents, what's the most important thing in your daughter's life? You know, think about this for both of them. What's, how does she spend her time when she has, quote-unquote, extra time? What drives her? What does she want to do? What would they say about how you apply God's Word in your life? would they say, you know, she has a lot of wisdom, or she, if she doesn't know, she really wants to know God's, what God's Word says about that? I mean, what would your children say about your knowledge of God's Word, your understanding of God's Word, and the wisdom of God's Word in your life? What would they say about the importance of your being in a Bible teaching church and how you respond to the word? Would they say, you know, being at church and hearing the Bible taught is so important to my mom? And I could say parents, but I talk to women. It's so important. She wants to be there, she wants to pay attention, she takes notes. She listens. She says, how can I apply this into my life? I want to know what God's Word says. My pastor or one of my pastors is teaching me the Word of God. So I want to know what God's Word says. And then I want to understand it. I want to listen because He's explaining it to me. So I want to understand it. And then I want to understand it so then I can turn around and I can apply this in my life. I mean, that's what our children should grow up seeing us do rather than us giving in to them when they say, oh, it's boring or the services are too long, or she's talking too long, maybe it's here, or whatever. But if someone's actually opening the Word of God, and they're teaching the Word of God, we should be making our ears attentive. We should be inclining our hearts to that. We should be begging, beseeching the Lord to help us know it, understand it, so we can apply it. And what would your kids say about how you respond to correction and rebuke from the Word of God? But they say, oh, my mom was doing this, but then she read this in her quiet time. And then she, I just have seen some changes. She actually is applying the Word of God. But see, it's the Scripture that builds our homes it's the Bible that causes a house to be established, to be fortified, to be strong. Remember the, the, the woman of wisdom? She's hewn out her seven pillars. It's established. It's a strong foundation because she, that's how she's built it. A foolish woman's house won't stand because it's not fortified. It's not established. Again, think about that contrast from Proverbs 9 that woman of wisdom you know she she's uh, she's got those seven pillars she's prepared everything she's industrious she's like got something to give those who are passing by it was a strong place but you know there's really no description of the woman of folly's house i mean we don't see a house there you know what we see we see a big old lady well we don't know that she's big <laughs> but we see a lady who appears to be lazy cuz she's sitting at the doorway she's sitting on a seat come on, y'all. You know, stolen bread is sweet. Stolen water is sweet. Bread eaten in secret. It's wonderful. Come on, y'all. Join me. I don't have anything here except things I've stolen, but come on and join me. You know, wise woman builds. She's a house builder. And she uses the building blocks of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. She wants her home to overflow with precious and pleasant riches that God says are most important. And she knows it only comes from the Lord. Proverbs 31 verse 30 says, charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. So there we see it again. this is a woman who fears the Lord. She's wise. She has understanding. She has knowledge. She knows how to apply that knowledge. Now, I'm going to list some of her strengths right now, but we're going to look at the passage in a bit, in a little bit more detail. But this woman has character. That's what you see. She works hard. She's generous. She's kind. She loves her husband. She helps her husband. She loves her children. She takes care of them. She's confident. She smiles even at the future. She understands her time is limited on this earth. She's not caught up in all the foolishness of the world. So she wants to use her time well, just like Ephesians says, make the most of your time because the days are evil. She knows it's limited. Like the scripture says, our lives are like a vapor. It's here and then it's gone. It's like a flower. It's here and then it's gone. Job 28, verses 12 to 28. But where can wisdom be found and where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its value. No, we really don't know its value, wisdom and understanding. Man does not know its value, nor is it found in the land of the living. The deep says, it's not in me. And the sea says, it's not with me. Pure gold cannot be given in exchange for it, nor can silver be weighed as its price. It cannot be valued in the gold of Ophir in precious onyx or sapphire. I mean, saying again, all the things that we think are so valuable and so precious, you can't even compare it. Verse 17, gold or glass cannot equal it, nor can it be exchanged for articles of fine gold. Coral and crystal are not to be mentioned, and the acquisition of wisdom is above that of pearls. The topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it nor can it be valued in pure gold. Where then does wisdom come from? And where is the place of understanding? Thus it is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the sky. Abaddon and death say, with our ears we have heard a report of it. God understands its way and he knows its place. For he looks to the ends of the earth and he sees everything under the heavens. When he imparted weight to the wind and meted out the waters by measure, when he set a limit for the rain and a course for the thunderbolt, then he saw it and declared it. He established it and also searched it out. And to man he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding." You know, when you have the fear of the Lord in your life, you want to depart from evil. And the reason is because you understand the fear of the Lord. So you're not going the way of evil. Proverbs, I mean, excuse me, Psalm 111 verse 10. Well, actually it's, I'm reading Verses prior to that, praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. In the company of the upright and in the assembly, great are the works of the Lord. They are studied by all who delight in them. You hear what he says? They are studied by all who delight in them. Do we study it? Do we study the works of the Lord? Splendid and majestic is His work, and His righteousness endures forever. He has made His wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He has given food to those who fear Him. He will remember His covenant forever. He has made known to His people the power of His works and giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of His hands are truth and justice. All His precepts are sure. They are upheld forever and ever. They are performed in truth truth, and uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. There it is again. The fear of the Lord, that's the beginning of wisdom a good understanding, have all those who do his commandments. There it is. Obey what you know. It's there again. Ecclesiastes 12, verses 13 to 14. The conclusion, when all has been heard, is fear God and keep his commandments. Because this applies to every person for God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. I mean, you see it everywhere. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Proverbs 1 verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Again, fools despise wisdom and instruction. And oh, how much our world despises it. I mean, even sometimes people who claim to know the Lord and you talk to them about what God's Word says, sometimes they just despise. Here, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Proverbs 9, verse 10, again, I want to, and this is just repeated over and over, and it's on our, our board up here. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Excuse me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 15, verses 32 and 33. He who neglects discipline despises himself, but he who listens to reproof acquires understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction for wisdom, and before honor comes humility. I mean, think about it. They despise correction. Fools despise wisdom. They despise instruction, and then when you neglect discipline, it just really shows you don't really care that much about yourself anyway, but he who listens to reproof acquires understanding. Proverbs 8 verse 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way. Proverbs 10 verse 27, the fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. Now just think about that verse for a moment. Why does the fear of the Lord prolong days? Now think about it, you know, Proverbs, these are are sayings, they are generally true. They're mostly true. I mean, the Proverbs is true, but I'm talking about in terms of we know that there are people who, who die young and they fear the Lord. But here, the fear of the Lord prolongs life. But just think about this for a second. Why does the fear of the Lord prolong days? You can just think about it again in general terms. Those who fear the Lord typically don't do the things that can shorten their lives. I mean, they don't fornicate. And get diseases that way they keep their bodies pure they don't carouse they take care of their physical bodies because they understand it is a gift from god so they don't abuse it they don't starve themselves you know anorexia and all the things they don't do that but neither are they gluttons just stuffing their bodies because they fear the Lord and they understand what the Bible says about the body. They don't abuse it. They don't smoke anything. They don't drink strong drink. They put away the sins of the flesh, things like anger, malice, all those things that can make your blood pressure shoot up that are just terrible. They put those things away. They bring them under the control of the Holy Spirit. They try, they walk with the Lord. they worry. They give that to the Lord. They cast their cares upon the Lord. They realize it. They recognize the temptation to it. They Sometimes they catch themselves doing it, but they go to the Lord. And they, they, they know what God's word says about worry. They understand what God's word says about worry. And then they apply wisdom in their lives about worry or whatever it is. They know to cast their cares upon the Lord, to trust him even for sleep. I mean, think about it. All of our health people say, all these things are, you know, to, just the way if you walk with the Lord, this is what this proverb is talking about. But the years of the wicked will be shortened because, again, think about it. All the things that people do when they are wicked, they carouse at night. They fornicate. They put themselves in dangerous situations. They are gluttons or they're starving themselves. They worry, worry, worry. They take unnecessary risk. They abuse themselves. They smoke. They drink. They don't put away the sins of the flesh. In fact, they glorify in the sins of the flesh. Then Proverbs 14, verses 26 to 27 says, In the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence, and his children will have refuge. The fear of the Lord. Now listen to what it says. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may avoid the snares of death. Proverbs 15 16 better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and turmoil with it and what is it that we want we just want great treasure we want all the great stuff out there and sometimes we don't even care if there's turmoil with it we just want what we want we don't want a little we don't you know oh a little with the fear of the Lord I I want a lot with the fear of the Lord Proverbs 16, verse 6, by loving kindness and truth, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. I mean, it's the fear of the Lord that should keep us away from evil. You know, when I was in college, when I first went to college, like I didn't even know what alcohol smelled like. And I remember going to this thing. It was called a mixer at the time. And I was looking for the Coke, the Diet Coke. And I, and I remember think, saying to one of the guys who was there, like, what's that smell? It smells like a trash dump. Like we're next to the dumpster. And he just laughed. I mean, he liked, I mean we were friends. When I say he liked me, I don't mean liked me, liked me. I just mean we were friends. But he started laughing. And I wish I could say, you know, I, I never drank. I never, even t- I never tasted it. I never did anything with alcohol, ever. And I'm like proud of that. But I wish I could say even then it was the fear of the Lord. It was more just the fear of my parents and what they had taught me. But where did, where did theirs come from? The fear of the Lord. And they passed that down to me. But it's the fear of the Lord that keeps one away from evil and things that lead to evil. And the question becomes, do you want to be kept from evil? Or do you engage in it? I mean, think about it. Do you engage in it from your couch? I don't mean literally that you're doing uh, doing evil things on your own couch. But on your own couch, you'll watch all kinds of evil things that you would never allow people to do actually in your home. But they're in your home. Because you got it on the TV screen, and you're watching it, and you're being entertained by it, do you want to be kept from evil? Proverbs 19 verses 20 to 23, listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your days. Many plans are in a man's heart. I mean, y'all, we are not wise on our own. We have so many plans in our own hearts. We need the counsel of the Lord. That's why he says, listen to the counsel of the Lord. But the counsel of the Lord, he says, That will stand. What is desirable in a man is his kindness. And it is better to be a poor man than a liar. The fear of the Lord leads to life so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. So that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. Verse 27, cease listening, my son, to discipline, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. I mean, we could just stay there all day. I need to stay there all day because our hearts stray. The heart wants what it wants. But wise women know, know they understand that their hearts are desperately wicked. We cannot even understand our own hearts. That's what Jeremiah 17 verse 9 teaches. We constantly must bring our hearts in line with the Word of God. Make our ear attentive to what he says. Incline our hearts to understand. Proverbs twenty-two, verse four: the reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Proverbs twenty-three, verse seventeen: Do not let your heart in the sinners. There it is, is is again putting the guard on our hearts. Do not let your heart in the sinners. Because don't we do that so often? You know, we're, we're like, oh, they seem to have it made. They got this, they got this, they got this, and they don't even know the Lord. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but live in the fear of the Lord always. Surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. Listen, my son, and be wise and direct your heart in the way. There it is again. Direct your heart. Pull your heart where it needs to be. Now, then again, and I just want to, by way of reminder, Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And again, Proverbs 14.1, the wise woman builds her house, but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. So the wise woman, she fears the Lord, but the foolish woman tears it down. Why? Because she despises wisdom, and instruction. Remember, the fear of the Lord is a foundation, is the foundation. The fear of the Lord shows up in a wise woman's house. Fools don't listen. Remember the middle part of Proverbs um, for, um, chapter 9? They don't listen. In fact, it's not just that they don't listen, but they actually scoff because they're arrogant and they're filled with pride. This is what the Word of the Lord teaches. Proverbs. You know, we've spending so much time in Proverbs, but and it's just so critical for women who claim to know the Lord. Remember I've told you before that the book of Proverbs is that collection of wisdom that fathers and mothers were to give to their children. And it was common for a Jewish family, for the father to teach his sons the truth of this book. But not only a father, the mother as well. Do not forsake the teaching of your mother. You know, when my children were growing up, I often said that to them. Because Proverbs is this composite manual for living life that parents are to teach their children. And so, again, Proverbs warns Against the noisy woman, the quarrelsome woman, the rebellious woman, the foolish woman, and the sons of Israel were warned to stay away from those kinds of women. Proverbs 12 verse 4 says this, An excellent wife is the crown of her husband. But she who shames him is rottenness in his bones. Because that's why, you know, all throughout Proverbs, you see that direction to these young men to find the right kind of woman. So that appears over and over and over. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who shames him is rottenness in his bones. Remember, Eve was fashioned from one of Adam's ribs. And when God brought her to him, he said she was bone of his bones. And women, we have a choice. We can be crowns for him. Or we can be rottenness in his bones. Proverbs 19, verse 14. House and wealth are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. I mean, a prudent wife, that means a wise woman? She's a gift from God. Now, I've always found it interesting that the last chapter in Proverbs is the final lesson from a parent to child. And in this case, from a mother to her son because this is what the Scripture says in Proverbs 31, the words of King Lemuel. Now, he wrote them down, but they are the oracle, that's what it says, the oracle which his mother taught him. So, we have this unknown mother. We don't know anything really about King Lemuel. This is the only time we see his name in Scripture. We don't know anything really about either one of them, but God has given this to us. Because this is a mother who taught her son how to choose a woman. And this is her wisdom to him. Watto my son and wado son of my womb and watto son of my vows. In other words, she's just saying, what am I going to say to you, son? How am I going to instruct you? What am I going to tell you? And the first thing I want to tell you, son, is don't get involved in sexual immorality. I mean, that's what she says in verse 3. Do not give your strength to women. I mean, that's what Samson did with Delilah. Do not give your strength to women or your ways to that which destroys kings. This mother knew that sexual immorality would be a terrible thing for her son, that it would destroy her son. And then she says in verse 4, It's not for kings, O Lemuel, it's not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to desire strong drink, lest they drink and forget what is decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to him whose life is bitter. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his trouble no more. So she's saying, stay away from sexual immorality and then don't drink, son. Just don't drink. Stay away from it. Just stay away from it. And then in verse eight open your mouth for the dumb, for the rights of all the unfortunate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and the needy. She's just telling him you know, you need to take care of hurting people. You need to stand by those who can't defend themselves. You need to stand by the oppressed. You need to deal justly with people. And so she's giving him, this wise woman, this wise mother is giving him this huge range of just practical wisdom. But then she comes to the issue that is nearest and dearest to her heart, which he passes on to us. Most of all, son, find a good woman. Because it's like she, I mean, she knows, just like we all know, with her, you're going to spend the rest of your life. She's going to be your help or your hindrance. She's going to she's gonna destroy you or she's gonna build you up. She's gonna tear you down or she's gonna build you. Find a good wife's son. And then she describes this wife. She says in verse 10, an excellent wife who can find. And that just means finding this kind of woman is hard because she's rare but she's out there. She's very rare. She's hard to find. And he's not, she's not even saying a particular woman, you know, I wanna match you up with so-and-so. She's just telling him, you gotta find this kind of woman. You gotta search her out like a hidden treasure. She's a force. (laughs) She's a woman of substance, a woman of strength, and she'll make a difference in the world. She'll make a difference in your life. She leaves a mark. And that was said of Ruth in Ruth chapter three, verse 11. And now my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you whatever you ask for. All All my people in this city know that you are a woman of excellence. For her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. I mean, he trusts her. He doesn't have to worry about her. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She wants to do him good. She looks for wool and flax and work with her, works with her hands in delight. She's like merchant ships; She brings her food from afar. I mean, she's just a hardworking lady. What we've seen from Proverbs chapter 9, the first six verses. You know, she rises also while it's still night. She gives food to her household, portions to her maidens. She's so industrious. She considers a field and she buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. I mean, she, she looks well to the ways of her household because she's looking for ways to supplement, not just to be a parasite in the home. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength. She makes her arms strong. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. You know, every time I read this, this chapter when I get to this particular <laughs> line I always think of a time when I was growing up and our dog had torn my favorite bathing suit to shreds and I had hung it on the clothesline after playing in the sprinkler and I guess with the breeze blowing it was an invitation for our dog to tear it apart to jump on it and tear it apart and I heard the commotion out in the yard and I went out there and he, was, he had snatched it off the clothesline and was dragging it and he had it by the little skirt because it was a navy blue like sailor skirt. It had a little anchor here and it had a little white pleated skirt. And I could tell that the white pleated skirt was in shreds. I was so devastated. I think I was about nine years old. Maybe I was Eight. I don't know exactly. But I was so devastated. I cried and I cried and I cried to my... Here I am tearing up. I cried to my mother. She comforted me and she said, it's just a bathing suit. But it wasn't just a bathing suit. It was like my favorite bathing suit. And I remember going to bed that night and I cried myself to sleep. But... When I got up the next morning, there on this little chest in my bedroom where I kept my clothes was that bathing suit with a brand new skirt sewed onto the bottom of it. And it was like a red and blue and yellow, like a little tiny plaid. I just couldn't believe it. I just loved it so much. And I ran to my mother and I grabbed her and I wept. But this time I was weeping because of what she had done during the night. (laughs) And I didn't really understand it then. But her lamp had not gone out the night before. And she remade that suit. And I end up loving it even more. And when you look at the home videos that she was so faithful to take when we were growing up, I'm at the beach in that bathing suit with the little red plaid skirt. (laughs) Verse 19, she stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hands grasp the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor and she stretches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow for her household. For all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates where he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. Strength and dignity are her clothing. She smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and bless her. Uh, her husband also and he praises her saying many daughters have done nobly but you excel them all charm is deceitful and beauty is vain but a woman who fears the Lord she shall be praised give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates y'all a wise woman is a gift from God and I know that you know, in these last years, a lot of women, even sometimes when they talk about the Proverbs 31 woman, they kind of make fun of her. They kind of say, Well, I can never be that, or I don't want to hear about the Proverbs 31 woman. Y'all, this is what we should all aspire to be. This is the word of the Lord. This is what God wants us to make our ear attentive to. We're not going to be perfect. This woman wasn't perfect. She wasn't perfect, but this is what she sets her heart on. This is the kind of woman she aspires to be. She doesn't make fun of this kind of woman. She wants to learn this. She's a gift. She's a treasure. Proverbs says, a prudent wife, a woman marked by wisdom, a wise wife. That kind of woman is is from the Lord. Only the Lord can make that kind of woman. She's a beautiful person. She's such a work of art because she's a work of the Lord. Only he can do this in a woman's life. Only God can make her an excellent wife who can find. Again, Proverbs 24 By wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. And by knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. I read those verses to you earlier, but now listen to the verses that follow. A wise man is strong, and a man of knowledge increases power. For by wise guidance, you will wage war, and in abundance of counselors, there is victory wisdom is too exalted for a fool he does not open his mouth in the gate I mean the gates the marketplace of the city it's the center of life in the city no one who is wise listens to the fool's So the fools keep their mouths shut. But with this Proverbs 31 woman, you give her the products of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. I mean, that's where her husband is. That's what the scripture says. And he's praising her in the gates. But fools, they have nothing to say except stupid things. And the interesting thing, the sad thing, is that so many women who claim to know the Lord, you're just listening to fools. We're just listening to the foolishness of the world. I mean, wisdom and folly are constantly contrasted. Proverbs 1 verse 28, this is wisdom speaking of fools. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would not accept my counsel. They spurned all of my reproof. So they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices for the waywardness of the naive will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. That's how we can live peaceably, and that's how we can live with strong confidence that we've heard all today. We can live at ease even with all of the evil around us because we fear the Lord. Now, I've asked you some questions. They've been sprinkled all throughout today. But what would your children say you fear above all else? Well, If someone said, is God's will and God's way paramount? Is it of utmost importance in your mom's life? So how can you build, ladies? By knowledge. Know what the Bible says. Learn it. By understanding, be taught, research it, incline your heart to it, make your ears attentive, search the scriptures, know what it says, and then understand what it says. And then by wisdom, apply it with great discernment in your life. You learn God's word. You understand God's word. And then you live God's Word, and you talk about it. Here's the thing, y'all. If you fear God, you're going to obey Him. It just, if you fear God, if you're not obeying God, that just means you don't fear Him. And it also means you don't love Him. But if you fear God, you will obey Him. And, and what He says in His Word will be just an overflow of your life. You don't have to drum it up. You don't have to make it happen. It will just be there because it, it, it flows out of your life. It just shows up. You can't help it. Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, this is Jesus speaking, and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and they slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall. For it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. When Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching For he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. Listen, is he your authority? Is Jesus Christ your authority? (laughs) Have you trusted in his death, burial, and resurrection to save you? That there's nothing you can do to earn your way to heaven? You can't be good enough. You can't be kind enough. You can't be wise enough. In fact, you can't even be wise unless you know him. And if you do know him, Do you fear him? Do you want to obey him? Do you want to listen to wise counsel and instruction? They are the way to become wise. How are you building your house? Are you building your house on the sand? Because you see, in what Jesus said, we get the same rain. We get the same floods. We get the same winds. We get all of the same storms of life. But one will stand and one will fall. Knowledge, understanding, and wisdom By wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established, and by knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, for no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you for all that you've allowed us to look at and study and be exhorted by today. Father, I thank you that you are our foundation, and I pray for any woman who might be listening to me who does not have you for her foundation, that she would come to know what the Word of God says about salvation, and that she would understand what the Word of God says about salvation, and then she would apply it by Placing her trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, knowing that there's nothing she can do to save herself, that all of her righteous deeds are like filthy rags. They cannot pay for sin. Righteous deeds can do nothing to save us because it doesn't take care of our sin problem. Father, thank you for sending your son. Thank you for the hope of redemption. And thank you for these building blocks that you have given us in your word. Father, please help us to be women who know it, who understand it, and who will apply it in Jesus' name. If you enjoyed this episode of Rare But Real, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode is posted. And share this podcast with friends. Follow Audrey on Instagram and Facebook at Mothering From the Heart. And listen to all her messages on the Search the Scriptures app.